Welcome to the Life Point Church podcast. And we are actually in a, a, a series, and we're actually in uh, week number three of this series, and we'll finish it up next week. And uh, the title of this series is Don't Stop don't stop believing. That, that's the title of our series, and it's, it's a series uh, about faith. And, and the reason why we're doing this series is uh, that that song, which was pinned in 1981, is, is kind of an anthem song. It's the karaoke song, but it talks a lot about not throwing in the towel, not quitting, not backing off, not backing down. And I do believe that's a message that God has for us. Don't back off what you're believing for. Don't, don't, don't get wimpy about it. Hold on. Look at someone and say, hold on. Now, if you would uh, help me this morning... Um, I know this is a scripture that you know if you just help me finish uh, this scripture, right? So just finish it if you know it. Um, <clears throat> scripture goes something like this. Just a small town girl living in a lonely world. She takes the midnight train going. And he's just a city boy born and raised in South Detroit. Takes the midnight train anywhere, right? And that's not a scripture if you haven't figured that out. But, but here's what I want you to get by that is... Um, the line of that song says, going anywhere. You're not going anywhere. I do believe you're going somewhere. See, God has purposes and God has plans and he has directions and he has purposes. And so, although that's a real singable part of the song, you are going somewhere. You're not just going anywhere. If you feel like you've been going just anywhere, then it's time to get on track and start going somewhere. Amen? Amen. So we've, we've learned this over the last few weeks. We've said this, that your faith has three things. Your faith has a destiny. Your faith also has a debate, and your faith also has a due date. In other words, there's a destiny to your faith. Uh, the Bible says this, faith brings about the things which you're believing for, uh, uh, the manifestation of grace in your life, uh, the promises of God. It's all the outcome of faith. Romans 4.16 says that. So faith has a destiny, but that, faith, but that destiny has a debate. There are going to be things that are going to challenge what you're believing for. But there's also a due date. The Bible says don't grow weary. There's a due season. There's a due date. And there is a reward to your faith if you can always keep moving forward. And if you don't, stop what? Believing. So I'm going to open up in the book of Genesis. That's all the way back in the beginning of the Bible. Read you a few verses and talk through the life of Joseph. And I want to talk about a certain type of debate that comes our way. And, and uh, by the time we're done, I think you'll shout. So look at someone and say, I'm ready to shout. All right, so Genesis chapter 37 says, Jacob dwelt in the land where his father was a stranger, which is the land of Canaan. And this is the history of Jacob. Joseph was 17 years old. It was one of Jacob's uh, sons. He was feeding the flock with his brothers. And the lad was with the sons of Balah and the sons of Zilpah, his father's wives. And Joseph brought a bad report of his brothers to his father. What's that mean? He was a tattletale. Everyone loves a tattletale, right? So he's bringing this bad report about his brothers. Now Israel, or Jacob, loved Joseph more than his other children. So uh, Joseph was his favorite because he was a son to him in an old age, and he made him a tunic of many collars. But when his brothers saw that their father loved him more than the other brothers, they hated him, and they could not speak peaceably to him. Now Joseph had a dream. Everyone say dream. And he told this dream to his brothers, and they hated him even more. So he said to them, please hear this dream that I have dreamed. And he tells his dream. He says, there we were, binding sheaves in the field, and behold, my sheaf arose and stood upright. And your sheaves stood all around, and they bowed to my sheaf. 
And his brother said to him, shall you reign over us or shall you indeed have dominion over us? So they hated him even more for his dreams and for his words. Hey, quick little insight here. Be careful who you tell your dreams to. How you tell them and when you tell them. Not a good idea to go up to your brothers or your siblings and say, I had this dream and you were bowing down to me. It's not going to turn out good. They said, they said they hated him for it. Verse 9. And then he dreamed another dream, and he told it to his brothers, and he said, look, I've dreamed another dream, and this time the sun, the moon, and the 11 stars bowed down to me. So he even went and he told it to his father and his brothers, and his father rebuked him and said, what is this dream that you've dreamed? Shall your mother and I and all your brothers indeed come and bow down to the earth before you? And his brothers envied him, but his father kept all of this matter in his mind. So he has these dreams where his siblings and even his parents are bowing down to him. Like I said, not a dream you probably want to share with the wrong person at the wrong time. So they hated him for this dream. And what I want to do is walk through this dream. I'm not going to read all the scriptures because there are several scriptures to tell this whole story. I'm going to tell you what happened. I have a point one, two, three, and I have an ABC in there. Can you all handle it? You ready to go? Okay, so, um, and the title today is, is, is this, is Faithfully. Obviously, you're from the 80s, you figure this out, right? Journey, 80s, don't stop believing. But I want to talk about the faithfulness of God through all of the uh, challenges that we might go through. So uh, let's just start off. The first point is this. Destiny always causes you to dream. So faith has a destiny to it. Faith has a purpose to it. Uh, the outcome of your faith is your destiny, but that destiny will cause you to start dreaming. Everyone say Dreaming. In other words, let me put it this way. You got your faith out there for something. It could be a new house. It could be a certain relationship. It, it could be financial. It could be physical. And what starts happening when you start to get faith from the promises of God, you start to get some pictures or you start to get a movie playing in your mind of what that might look like or how that might unfold. And that's a dream. So your dream starts to take pictures, starts to have an image to it. It starts to be the ideal that you're believing for. It starts to come to life. It gives you a map or a picture or a dream inside of you that you're to pursue, what that house might look like, what that relationship might be like, what he or she might be like, what, what, what that healing might, might transpire, how it might have. So that's what the dream is. Destiny always gives you a dream. It, it, it's God's, uh, it's, it's his constructed life for you. And this is a book of dreams and this is a book of promises. And this is the mind of God written down for you. It, it, and we can start dreaming. If it's in here, the Bible says it's yes and amen. The Bible says, I want you to prosper in all ways. That's something you can dream on. The Bible says that healing is yours. The Bible said that peace is yours. The Bible said that joy is yours. Every promise that's in this Bible, you can start dreaming on, and faith starts to produce a destiny, and it starts to give you a dream. Actually, God thinks about that dream. And I was thinking about this. How cool is it that God, who probably has a lot to do, wouldn't you agree? I mean, world peace, things like that. He has a lot to do. But in the middle of that, Jeremiah says, I know the thoughts that I think towards you. So God actually today is thinking about you. And I, I know what you start to think as soon as you hear that. Because I start to think, oh, stink. God's thinking about me. He knows everything. He's probably thinking about all my failures, all my mistakes, all my bad attitudes. But the Bible doesn't say that. He says, I know the thoughts I'm thinking towards you. They're to prosper you, not to harm you, to bring you to your destiny, to give you a hope to the final outcome. So when God's thinking about you, he's not obsessed with your failure. He's, also, he's absolutely obsessed with your future. 
He's absolutely obsessed with what he, see, he created you with purpose and potential in mind, and that's how he acts according to you, not all your failure. How I many know that's some good news? That's what grace does. He acts according to the purpose and plan, not all of your hurdles and not all of your mistakes and not all of your setbacks. That's good news for Sunday morning. Aren't you glad that God's not obsessed over your failure like you might be? He's actually obsessed over your future. So that destiny will start causing you to dream. Number two, your dream, uh, with your dream, you're going to have to deal with certain detours. So when I say that faith, your faith has a debate, that means there are going to be differing opinions that's going to come against that destiny and that dream. Just like you start to have a picture and a dream and it gets exciting, then all of a sudden there are certain realities that start coming at you that, oh, there's no way that can happen. That's impossible. There's no way this is going to work out. Oh, that, there is no way. And so that debate starts happening. And so last week we started talking about how there are certain delays in our life they call it, that's a debate to our destiny. But there are also certain detours that challenge the destiny that God has for us. So if, if faith has a destiny, it has a debate, but it has a due date, sometimes the debate are detours that come at us in our lives. In other words, it's a redirection. Your path has a rerouting to it. Have you ever been... Um, driving down the road and you put a destination in, in your Google Maps and you're driving down the road and all of a sudden it goes into rerouting and it just starts doing this and you're like, oh man, I hope it quits re rerouting really quick in case I don't miss a turn. So it's rerouting and that's what a detour does is it causes us to reroute or change directions and usually we weren't expecting it to happen. Now, I believe that there are three different types of detours, and Joseph went through these detours, and you and I go through these detours as well. So Joseph has this dream. He's ready to go from point A to point Z as quick as he can without any inconveniences, and he wants it to be as comfortable as he can. How many know that's not reality? So the first thing that we see happen is that his brothers see him coming, and they actually say this, here comes the dreamer again. And so they take him, they strip his tunic off of him, and they throw him in a pit. And they make up this story, they're going to tell that a wild animal killed him, and so he's stuck in the bottom of this pit, he can't get out. And then one of the brothers says, let's not do that, I've got a better idea. So they see this slave trader coming, so they take their brother, and they sell him into slavery. Now, that's pretty intense. You may have a sibling that you'd like to sell into slavery or you'd like to throw into a pit. You've probably never done that. But he finds himself after this dream thinking he's going to go from point A to point Z and everything's going to be comfortable and everything's going to work out and everything's going to be smooth and he's excited about it. And now he finds himself in the bottom of a pit and he finds himself sold into this slave trader's band and they take him away. Well, here's the first type of detour that you and I face. I just called it this. They're called journey detours. And here's what I mean by that. There are just some things in life that come at you that you did not expect, and they cause you to reroute your, your journey, or they cause you to reroute your destiny. You didn't see them coming, but they come at you, and they start challenging your faith, and they start challenging your emotions. And why did those type of detours happen? Well, here's why. Because we live in a fallen world with fallen people and fallen conditions, and the reality is you're not going to go from A to Z without any inconveniences. There are going to be some inconveniences sidetracks, setbacks, challenges, emotions, frustrations. Am I talking to the right crowd? You thought you were going to go from there to there as fast as you could, but all of a sudden you find yourself facing some detours, and they happen just because life brings detours. Um, 
Have you ever been going on vacation and you're just going down the highway and if you're like me, you know, you, you programmed it into Google Maps and I like to watch that little number. It tells you how long it's going to take and the hours. And if you get going fast enough, if you're a policeman, hold your ears. If you get going fast enough, you start to make up time and get ahead. Has anyone ever done that? That's one of the best feelings. I can't even explain um, how pumped I get about that. But, but you, you start breaking time. And all of a sudden, you come to an area. And all of a sudden, you hit what? Detours. Those big orange signs. You're like, I didn't plan on this detour. Like, if, I, I, um, I'm like 20-some years old. And so 20-some years I've been living... Um, as far as I've known, if you go up just past the state line into Pennsylvania, it has been under construction as long as I remember. <laughs> it has always had a detour. I, just a week ago, we were flying to uh, Dallas, and uh, we, we were making great time, which I told you I love to do. We're flying up the interstate, and all of a sudden, they hit that little Washington ex interchange there, and everything's backed up because no one can figure out two lanes, go down the one, there's a big orange sign, detour. We should just be able to get back. No, we're sitting there for an extra 20 minutes. And you know, there's just something in me, and let's, um, let's just take a poll here. So um, in my family, when we go on a trip, my wife and my daughters have a different perspective than I do. I'll just use that word. Um, their perspective is um, when we get in the car and the doors are shut and the car is loaded and we start the car, vacation starts. And it's usually met with about 20 minutes down the road, a bathroom stop, a snack break, because we're on vacation. With me, vacation starts when we arrive at the condo. The bags are out of the car. They're in the rooms. That's when vacation starts to me. So I want to get from here to there as quick as possible. The only reason I do stop is to add fuel. And you do everything else you got to do. Go to the bathroom, get your snacks. That's vacation to me. Now let's just take a poll. How many of you think vacation starts when you get in the car? How many of you think vacation starts when you get there? Uh huh. See, it was mostly men on the second one, right? I don't know, some ladies, but mostly men. But, but we want to just get there. But sometimes life brings us, and really what it is, they're tests. Detours will test us. And I was walking upstairs. I didn't say this in the first experience, right? So um, I was walking upstairs, and I told my wife this. I said, this is good. I said, detours can be good things because if there weren't a detour, you would always find a dead end. But as long as there's a detour, there's never a dead end. That is good. That was real good. I didn't say it at first. It was brand new for you guys. That was actually really awesome. Anyways, back to, back to these tests that we face. And these tests comes, they, they, they come in us because life just brings some tests. And life just brings some detours along the way. And here's what I want you to remember, that detours aren't necessarily denials. But sometimes they frustrate us because they cause us to wait. And I'm just going to be real upfront and honest with you, real transparent. Waiting is not my specialty. My wife, she waits. She's in the moment. I, I'm not, I, I'm like, get me there. Then the party starts. But sometimes these tests cause us to wait. Here's how, I want to tell you how you know you're not waiting well. Here's how you know you're not waiting well. It's called complaining. If you're complaining, you're not waiting very well. And I'm a good complainer. I can tell you a million reasons why they shouldn't be having a detour in the middle of vacation season going south. I can complain about why Little Washington, it should be called Little Construction, because it's always under construction. I don't like to, you're going, you're going your way, and all of a sudden a test, all of a sudden a detour comes your way. 
And, and I want to say this about your detour. I wrote this down because someone needs to hear this. In the middle of your detour, because here's Joseph. They took him. He just pronounced his dream. He's excited. He's expecting. And now he finds himself in the bottom of a pit. Now he finds himself sold into slavery. It's not how this was supposed to go. It's not how this relationship was supposed to turn. It's not how this business venture was supposed to go. It's not how my career path was supposed to unfold. And I'm in the bottom of this pit, and where's God? You ever had one of those moments? God, just because God is silent does not mean God is still. And if you're in the bottom of the pit and you're believing God's working behind the scenes. God's doing, just because you can't see God working does not mean that God isn't working. God is always up to something. Aren't you glad he's always up to something? Matter of fact, I want to show you a scripture. This is in the New Testament. It's the book of Acts, and it's referencing this story about Joseph. Um, Chapter 7, verse 9 of the book of Acts says this. Joseph was sold into slavery, but God was what? God was with him. And if you read through the story of Joseph in the book of Genesis, which we don't have enough time to do all the scriptures, every time he came across a detour, you're going to find that God was with him, or you're going to find that God favored him. So if you're in the pit, if you're in the prison, if you're in a setback, if you're in a delay, if you're facing a detour, here's what I want you to know. God's with you. He's with you all the way. He's with you in the middle of it. And if you're in the pit right now, and you feel like you're stuck, and you can't get you out, And it feels like you have no control over anything, God's with you. He will go through the fire, he'll go through the flood, he'll go through the pit. Actually, the book of Psalms says this, he'll lift you up out of the pit, out of the mud, out of the mire, and he'll set your feet on a rock, and he'll establish your goings. Somebody say, God's with me. Second type of detour that we all face, we can face just the the journey detours, we can also face the divine detours. Everybody say divine detours. So now Joseph is sold into slavery, and Potiphar purchase, he purchases Joseph, and he makes him a slave, but God was with Joseph, and the favor of God was on Joseph, and he got elevated, and he was made the assistant to Potiphar. So here he goes from being in a pit, and now he is actually the assistant to Potiphar. Only God can take you from the pit and now begin to put you in a place of leadership or a place of responsibility, but but. But what if I told you that the detour in your life might not just have been life, it could have been God? Now now listen to me. Sometimes God will put a divine detour in your way. Think about it. He did it with Moses. God called Moses to lead all the Israelites out of Egypt, but for 40 years, God's dealing with Moses on the backside of the desert. Or how about this? God dealt with Abraham and Sarah all those years. He gave them a promise, but it was all those years later that he was dealing with Abraham and Sarah before he brought the promise about. Or how about this? In the life of Paul. Paul was on his way. He had papers to have Christians persecuted and stoned. And on the way there, God met Paul, knocked him off his horse, and said, why are you persecuting me? And and he, he turned Paul's life around. And Paul went to write most of the New Testament, one of the greatest apostles. And and yet, Paul had to spend three years on a detour. Sometimes God will put a detour in our way. And why would a journey detour just test you? But if God's put a detour in your way, he's put it there because he's training you for something. You know, detours can be a good thing. If you, if you come, uh, you know, a lot of us go to Myrtle Beach, and a few years ago, you, you'd be making good time, and you'd hit that Winston-Salem area, and you'd be rerouted all over the area before you could go on through. Well, now it's good. Why? Because that freeway's done, but then it was frustrating. 
But what if that detour wasn't there? What if that detour, what if that bright orange sign or those roadblock signs weren't there? You'd be headed for uh, damage. You'd be headed for destruction. And sometimes God, in the middle of your path, will put up a divine detour. And if you put up a divine detour, guess what? God's after something in your life. He's chipping away at some things in your life because here's why. To go from A to Z, sometimes God will put a detour in the middle of it because you're not ready for Z yet. So he's going to chip some stuff off your life. He's going to remove some doubt from your life. How about this? He's going to work on the attitudes of your life. He's going to remove the flaws from your life. He's going to remove the sin from your life. He's going to start dealing with you so he can chip some stuff off. He's doing some skill set training in your life. So when you get to your destiny, you can handle it. Because if you're like me, I want the destiny, but I don't want the process. But if you don't have the process, you're not ready for the outcome. So God takes us sometimes through these detours, and he begins to work in our life. It, it, it would be like this. Usually there's detours. Why? Construction. And God's doing some construction in your life. That's a good thing. Because some of the doubts you have now will keep you from your destiny. So God says, let's work on them. Some of the attitudes won't work in the next level, won't work in the next phase. They could keep your faith from operating. So what does God do? He starts chipping that stuff off, and sometimes it's painful. But here's the key. In the middle of that detour is called surrender. God, I, I surrender these thoughts, and God, I surrender these actions, and God, I surrender these words. I just surrender this. I surrender these flaws. I surrender my doubts. And God will take those things. He'll do some construction, but sometimes God puts a detour in the way. And the biggest thing you and I can do is stay faithful because God's faithful. Staying faithful in those areas. And I wrote it down like this. Um, training for greater things always takes place in the lesser things. In the lesser times, in the construction times, in the detour times, if we're faithful there, it trains us for the destiny. It trains us for the bigger things. Now, I, I want to say something to you. This, this will help you. but Because sometimes we're screaming for God. God, come and change this. God, we call you right now down. Remove this hurdle. And I want you to hear this. God is much more interested in your transformation than he is your arrival. Did you all hear that? He's a lot more interested in changing you and transforming you than he is just getting you there. God's not sweating getting you there. He's not there, oh, no, I hope we get him there. I don't know what we're going to do with it. God is more interested in transforming you and changing you and altering your faith and altering your beliefs and reworking your attitudes and doing all that stuff because he can get you there. Actually, the biggest challenge with God is not the arrival, it's the you. The biggest construction is not the destiny. Guess what? It's you and it's me. And so what God's doing, he's working on us. He's constructing us. And so it's how we see these detours Instead of viewing some of these detours as all being the devil, sometimes God puts them there. And when he puts them there, if we have the right perspective and we stay faithful, because God's always faithful, what he'll do is he'll chip some stuff off of us, work some stuff in us. It keeps us from getting impatient, regretful, doubtful, and all of those things. And I want to say this to you. I wrote this down in my notes. And I don't mean this to be mean, but it's just true. Because we're talking about divine detours. God is divine, and you're not. God is divine, I'm not. God knows what he's doing. 
God knows how he's doing it. God knows where he wants, God knows what it's gonna take to get you there. And so God's the divine one. If it's a divine detour, and I'm not talking about sin, but God will just put some detours to redirect us, to reroute us. But man, if God is rerouting us, he's still getting us there, amen? I'm, I'm glad God put some detours in my because he can't just throw you into your destiny if you're not ready for it. So God's gonna pull some stuff off, rearrange some stuff, shift some stuff in you, work some stuff off, chisel some stuff off, so when you come out of that season, you can step into your next season and be able to handle it. But I want to give you a warning before I go on to this, this last detour. Something we can never, ever do is this. Never go outside of God to accomplish your destiny. See, there might be some moments where you set out and you got your faith and you got your destiny out there. And you're like, I'm ready. I'm excited. You got the image rolling. You're starting to dream. And all of a sudden, a detour comes. And maybe God put the detour there. But sometimes we get a little frustrated because we didn't expect the pit. And we didn't expect the setback, and we get to a place where we said, well, I think God needs a little bit of help. You ever thought that? I mean, maybe God just needs, he's busy, you know, he's got world peace over here, and he's dealing with the politicians over here, and, and so maybe God needs me just to, I'll just step outside of God, and I'll just do it my way. I, I'll just do this business thing my way, or I'll just pick this relationship out myself. How many have ever tried to help God out a little bit? If God puts a detour and we try to help God out a little bit, that detour is going to last a lot longer. And our ways of doing it, the Bible says his ways are higher than our ways. His ways sometimes don't compute with our ways. But God's going to get you there. Look at someone and say, God's going to get you there. Here's the, other, here's the other type of detour. I just call them personal detours. So there are these journey detail, detours, and so those are just tests in life. And there are these times that God puts up a divine detour in, in, in life. It just trains us. But then there are times there's just personal detours. And sometimes it's just temptations. Because the devil wants to get you away from the will of God. And he'll tempt you to get you away from the will of God. And he wants to move you away from God's will. And here's what happened with Joseph. Joseph was working for Potiphar, second highest in command. And there was, a, there was a Potiphar. There was also a Mrs. Potiphar. And the Bible is so cool. It says this about Joseph. It says he was handsome and well-built. Now, whatever that means, you can have your image. If it helps, just picture me. But So he was handsome and he was well-built. This young guy. Stop laughing. Um, and, and, and so Mrs. Potiphar tells him, I want you. She wants to sleep with him. And so he keeps rejecting her because he says, I, I work for your husband. And he kept rejecting and rejecting her advances until one day she comes in, she pulls his tunic or his cloak off of him and grabs it, and he runs away, and she yells and says, he tried to rape me. So now Joseph is thrown in prison. Now think about this. He had this dream from God, this destiny, this faith thing that he's believing for. Next thing that happens, his brothers throw him in a pit and leave him. Then they sell him. Then he's elevated because God was with him in the Potiphar's house. And now Potiphar's wife lies about him and he's thrown into prison. Sometimes we just face these personal detours that temptation gets us in or our own decisions get us in. And I mean, sometimes we can just get ourselves into some detours. 
And we see in this life of Joseph, now Joseph didn't fall to that, but it can be confusing at times because good can be happening as well as bad, and they happen concurrently. And sometimes it can be confusing for this. But at these times, we need, we need to let God remove this self-sufficiency, and we need to let God forgive us, and we need to forgive other people because here they are. They, they've thrown him into a pit, and now he's in a prison, and they've lied about him. He's been abandoned. He's been rejected. All these accusations are against him. But we find a clue that Joseph was trusting God, and he never stopped believing because the Bible says this. While he was in prison, God favored him, and he started to interpret dreams of, of Pharaoh's baker and Pharaoh's butler, and they got out of prison, and they said, we're going we're gonna to remember you, but they forgot him. But the Bible tells us this in chapter 41. Y'all doing all right? That we see the hand of God on Joseph's life because the Bible says this about Joseph, and in, in, in actually it's chapter 51. Joseph had two sons, and the first one was Manasseh. And he named Manasseh this, for God has made me forget all the toil from my father's house. And his second son was Ephraim, which means God has made me to be fruitful in the middle of my affliction. The reason why I read that is because Joseph was able to forgive he was able to receive God's forgiveness. He was able to get out of self-sufficiency. And God did two things. Made him forget the pit and the toil from his father's house. And in the middle of his detour, God made him fruitful. And if we can let God continue to work on our hearts, because we don't always understand these detours, we can say this about our life. One, God will make us forget some of the stuff. Some of the stuff we got ourselves into the stuff that came against us, the stuff that set us back. God, 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 God will give us a comeback in our life. And then the second thing, in the middle of all the detours, we, we, we can become fruitful. Now, let's fast forward and wrap this up, okay? Let's wrap this up. The last thing is this, is that your detour will lead you to your destination. Your, your, your destiny has a due date. Your faith has a due date. Even though there were some detours, the story goes a little bit like this. Pharaoh brings in Joseph, and he interprets the Pharaoh's dream. And the dream was basically this, that there were going to be several years of abundance, and there's going to be this massive famine. So God gives Joseph a strategy. He tells the Pharaoh, it works out so well, now Joseph is in charge of everything underneath the Pharaoh. Why? Because God was with him. Because God favored him. So now God took Joseph from a dream to the pit to the prison. Now he's in the palace. Only God can do that in your life. And now listen, I understand when you're in the pit, you, you're not thinking about the palace. You're just thinking about the pit. And when you're in the prison, you, the, the palace probably isn't on your mind because you're stuck in the prison. They've lied about you. They've accused you. They've locked you up. The destiny does not look like it's coming to pass. You feel like you're on this big deep. I didn't think my career was going this way. I didn't think my marriage was going this way. I didn't think my physical life was going. I didn't think my money was going this way. And all of a sudden, you're on this massive detour but God has a way, as long as he's with you, and as long as you don't stop believing, God will bring you to your destiny. So here is Joseph, and he creates all this abundance in Egypt. And now his brothers come to him and his father, and they're bowing down to him to get food, to get grain. They don't even recognize him because he was 17 years old when they threw him in a pit. Now he's 30 years old. And they didn't even recognize him. And when he recognized them, all of a sudden they're bowing before him. He says, go bring your father. There's this massive family reunion. There was this massive restoration. And he was able to save their lives and others because of the dream he interpreted and because Joe, uh, the, the Pharaoh gave him all of this power. He was able to save his family. So the dream came to pass. And I want to read you the end of this story in, in, these, in, this, in this verse, in two verses, it reads this way. So here they are, they're before Joseph, and Joseph says this to his family, don't be afraid, 
for I am in the place of God. But as for you, you meant all of this against me to be evil, but God, everyone say but God. God meant it for what? Good. In order to bring it about, as is this day, to save many people. Now think about this. Here's what's happening. He's looking at his family, and he said, you all meant this to be evil. Think about his brothers who sold him, who threw him in the pit, who end up putting him into slavery, which end up putting him into prison, which end up God turning it. This is my point. God's turning your business. God's turning your situation. God turns your circumstances. And listen, the devil might have been it for evil. You might have had a sibling minute for evil. You might have had a boss minute for evil. You might have had a spouse minute for evil. You might have had a neighbor minute for evil. You might have had someone who meant it for evil, but God. Aren't you glad there's a, there's a little connotation that says, but God? Even if you got yourself into it, even if you caused the detour, even if life caused the detour, even if God put the detour there, God meant it for what? Good. And if your whole track record up to this point has is, is been detour after detour after detour, even if you caused all those detours, but God will turn it for good. That's a word you can go home with today. Even if I caused the detour, or if God put it, God meant it for, even if the devil meant it for your destruction, if he meant it to be a dead end street, if he meant it to wipe you out, take you out, keep you down, keep you under, but God, there's a but God moment in your life, but God keeps turning some things. And as long as there's a but God in your life, and I love what the scripture says, it says, but God meant it to be good, and he turned it, and then it saved many people. Let me say it this way. In your life, when you're in the bottom of the pit and you feel stuck, and you feel like you have no control over anything, and you feel abandoned and rejected, or you find yourself finally coming up out of that, now you're imprisoned and rejected and accused and lied about. God has a way of taking all those detours and turning them. Might have been failed relationships, failed businesses. There's a but God. What that, what that means is God's always been with you and God's always working. And he's gonna take all that mess and give you a ministry. There's gonna be a time, see, you're in the palace now. God took you from the pit to the palace. But there's gonna be a time when you come across someone that they're in, they're in the pit right now. And your conversation is to help them. Your opportunity is to minister to them. That's what happened with Joseph. God elevated him to a place. He said, don't be afraid. I'm in the place God brought me. You meant it to be bad, but God turned it for good. It's to save you. What that tells me is there's some stuff in my life the devil meant for evil. God's turned it. He gave me a message from it. You know, even for our church, there, there was a season of some detours. There's a season of some detours. And there were times I felt like I was in the pit, I was in the prison. God, what are you up to? But there were some things meant for evil, God's turned for good. Because in about five months, we're gonna move locations. I think they have some video running on the screen. We're gonna move locations. It's a God thing. And the enemy meant some evil, God's turning it. And we got about, what we'll tell you next month about everything that's happening in November. We have a date we're gonna tell you. Um, about what's going on. And so God, God's just up to some stuff. And I'm telling you, the enemy meant it for evil. God turned it. When God starts turning something, there's not a devil in hell, not a person against you that can stop if you don't stop believing. 
you hold on to the faithfulness of God, God will turn some things. And, and I think this morning you might have something that needs turned. Now I realize sometimes it doesn't turn as fast as we want it to. But I sense God turning some things in your life. And I sense all along, God, did, God never freaked out. And God never panicked like you did. Aren't you glad? You were crying in that pit like a baby. You were kicking in that prison like there was no tomorrow. And God's like, we got this. Don't stop believing. I'm working on you. I'm working on it. I'm turning things. And you know, if you got a little destiny, you're going to have little detours. But if you got a big destiny, there's some big detours. And I assume some of you have had some big detours. Aren't you glad God never gave up on you? Never quit on you. Never threw in the towel on you. Let me say this, and I want to share something with you. Trying to go from A to Z. You might have finally gotten close to point Z. And let me tell you a sign you're almost there. I wish I could tell you you saw a ray of sunshine breaking through. But a sign you're almost there is when it goes from bad to worse. Because Joseph was getting closer and closer, but it went from bad to worse. So if you're sitting here today and say, it just went from bad to worse, you're almost at a breakthrough. You feel like you're almost broken, but you're almost at a breakthrough. I know it's opposite of what you thought I was going to say, but God's not done. And so back in this, I want to share, this is a prophetic word. My wife emailed this to me one day. This was actually back in May, kind of when all this stuff started with a building and I was, I was not waiting well. I was complaining. And don't look at me like you're all, all that. Um, I was just having one of those days, and she said, I want to send you something. Now, I'm just going to read this to you, what, what she sent me that, that someone prophesied. And I think it will help you this morning. This is just God speaking. So it says this, many of my people feel like they're stuck. Like nothing's going on in their life, and nothing's going right, and it's not going the way they thought it would go. And the Lord says this to you. I'm working behind the scenes just like I worked with Abraham and Sarah. And I'm doing something that's going to bring fruitfulness into your life. It's going to bring the change you want in your life. And you've had a vision for so long. Uh, and you've been dreaming in a dreaming process for so long. And you feel like nothing is changing. And the Lord says this. When you pray and when you talk to me about your dreams, I listen because I'm a dreaming God. And I have dreams for you, and I have plans for you, and I have ideas for you, and I have a vision for you. And you have said, but Lord, doesn't your word say that without a vision people perish? But the Lord says this, I never stopped having vision for you, and I never stopped having dreams for you. Just like you dream for your family, I dream for you. Do not be discouraged and don't think it's going to be too long and don't think when you dream dreams that these dreams will never come to fruition. Don't stop dreaming because if you stop dreaming, you're going to dry up. And if you just stay in the same place, you're going to get stuck. So the Lord says this, I'm going to get you unstuck. Everybody say unstuck. I'm going to help you move forward. Go back and take those dreams off the shelf. Go back and take those things that you put into the never going to happen box. And some of you put that in the trash bin, but don't do that. The Lord says this, maybe you missed some things. There's some of you that events have come into your life and these events stymied you or they victimized you. Well, the Lord wants to say this to you. I'm the best at getting people unstuck. And I'm the best at moving things along. 
Do not fear that I've forgotten you, for I will never forget you, and I've never forsaken you. In the moments of your deepest loneliness, in the moments that you're crying out to me and you're saying, where are you, God? I'm there, and I'm going to come alongside you like a good father. I'm going to be there to help you. I'm going to assist you. I'm going to keep you moving. My dreams mixed with your dreams. I'm dreaming of you today. I have plans for you. And the Lord says this, I'm going to prosper you and get you unstuck. How many know that's a good word? I'm going to get you unstuck. Now, how many would be really honest with me this morning and say, I feel a little stuck? And just put your hand on. I, just, I feel stuck. If that's you, why don't you just stand to your feet? I want to pray for you. And we're going to confess something together. And, and, I, and there's not, hey, if you're standing, don't feel bad about standing and just being honest. I, just, I feel like I'm kind of stuck. And hopefully those words meant something to you that God is the best at getting you unstuck. And maybe you feel a little stuck because just life does that sometimes. Or maybe God's got you in a divine detour. Or maybe you got yourself stuck. Doesn't matter. What you need to hear is even if the enemy meant it for evil, God turns things. God gets us unstuck. Aren't you glad? He gets us unstuck. And your faith's going to have a debate, and the debate might be detours. But if there wasn't a detour, you'd come to a dead end. Doesn't matter what's happening or going on, you are not at a dead end. Thanks for listening to the LifePoint Church Podcast. Visit us online at lifepointcentral.com.